With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
worship you, Lord. We give you praise, God. Speak to each and every one of our hearts, Lord. Help us to focus on you, Father, and you only, Lord. Open our eyes, Father. Today I want to talk about Christ's mission announced. And we're going to be looking at the Gospel of Mark. It was written to the Romans, and it presents Jesus as the Son of God in action. The great emphasis is on the deeds of Christ, and again and again words like straightway, anon, forthwith, immediately, all translating from the Greek word euthus. It draws attention to the decisiveness which characterized everything Jesus did. Mark also emphasizes the mission of Jesus expressed in a mighty ministry that witnesses to His divine power and authority. You see, Jesus made it His business, and we'll see that as we go along, to teach, to train young men, that they might share the same call, teach and train. It's our imperative as believers in the world today to carry on the ministry of Christ. We need to teach, we need to preach, we need to train, proclaim the same message that Jesus proclaimed in the power of the same Holy Spirit. Before we begin, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You, Lord, for the opportunity to be here in Your presence today, Lord. Father, You are a great and mighty God. There is no one like You. Lord, I thank You that You've called us, that You've ordained us, Lord, that You have anointed us as Your people to carry on Your work. And Father, I in and of myself can do nothing. I ask for the anointing of Your Spirit to communicate Your Word to Your people. Father, let the very same anointing be upon every ear to hear, every heart to receive, Lord, help us to see and have vision for this not only new year that's ahead, but for our lives for all eternity. Give us vision, Holy Spirit. And Father, I thank You for doing just that. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen and Amen. In Mark chapter 1, and that's where we'll be today, the first 39 verses, we want to look at Christ's mission being announced. And the first thing we see dealing with His mission is His authority. Christ's authority. Let's begin reading there in verse 14. And after that, John was put in prison. That is John the Baptist. He came as one, a voice of one crying in the world. He came heralding Christ. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, believe the gospel. John the Baptist, you read Mark chapter 1 down to verse 14, was the last Old Testament prophet. Excuse me for a moment. Get this. There we go. John was the last Old Testament prophet. He closed out the Old Testament. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, Jesus said of of men born of women, there was none greater than John the Baptist. But he said, 
Each of you in, in my kingdom are greater than John. Meaning, our purpose and our, our birth through Christ, the new birth, makes us uh, of the new creation. And Christ came to, we're the first of the new creation, the first fruits. And John was closing out the Old Testament dispensation. He was heralding, he was crying out to the Jewish people whom Jesus was speaking to as their Messiah. He said, repent because God's kingdom is at hand. Notice Jesus, when He was speaking and preaching, it was about what? The kingdom of God. That's what you hear me talk about quite often, is the kingdom. The kingdom of God. His kingdom is coming. Churches by and large, I believe they do a great disservice to the people when they do not teach and preach concerning the kingdom of God. We talk too much today about self-help programs, things that we need. It all deals around self. How can I be a better person, a better Christian, a better... Jesus didn't talk like that, did He? He came speaking of the kingdom. And you and I, He calls us to be a part of that kingdom. We have to repent of our sin in order to become a part of His kingdom. Somebody say amen. And then we are transformed by Him. And then we walk in service as He walked and He served. In Mark, the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is seen as the servant. The servant coming to, to do the will of the Father. And we need to adopt that very same thing. He came preaching the Gospel of the Kingdom of God. God has a kingdom. And my friend, it is coming. He, we know that Jesus came the first time and there will be a second coming. Somebody say Amen. The first coming was He presented Himself to Israel as their Messiah. <laughs> he came as the Jewish Messiah, the Promised One. But He came not to rule on a throne at that time. He came to deal with the issue of sin in their lives. He came preaching repentance. And the good news was that they can become a part of God's kingdom. Obviously, if they can become a part of God's kingdom at that time, they were not. Even though they thought they were, they were not a part of His kingdom. Many people today think they're Christian because they believe in Jesus. You have to be born again. So I say amen. You have to be transformed. Believing mental sin is not enough. You must be transformed by Him through faith. And Christ was coming, presenting the kingdom. If the Jews had all repented as a nation, He could have taken the throne and been the Messiah and ruled from Jerusalem. But what happened? They rejected Him by and large. Isaiah's prophecy, He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We, we hid our faces as it were from Him. When He was crucified just before, they said, we'll not have this man rule over us. They rejected Him. The Scripture says He will return when they say, Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. When they see Him who was wounded and pierced in His side and in His hands. But Zechariah 14 tells us they will receive Him, that remnant, at the time of the end. The kingdom is coming. Amen. The kingdom, Jesus came presenting the kingdom. And you and I as the church, His followers today, are still to present to people the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen. Help me preach today. We are to present the kingdom of God. You are welcome to come in. You are welcome to join. It's for all who will believe. Amen. It's for all who will receive Him. As many as received Him, to them gave He the right or the authority to become sons of God. Amen. And Jesus came to save. He came to seek and save that which was lost. And we see Him beginning this ministry here in Mark chapter 1. We see Him teaching with authority. Let's read on verse 21. 
And they went into Capernaum, and straightway, that word in the King James means immediately, on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue, he taught. Here he was teaching. He was teaching the people about the kingdom of God. Verse 22, and they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. He wasn't a religious person in it, like the other religious people. He, he, he knew what he was talking about. He understood. He, he knew God. He knew the Father. He, he was God, amen, in human form. But he, here he was speaking of a kingdom that was real. And it astonished the people. And not only was his doctrine and word, he didn't just intellectually entice them with his words, but yet there was a power behind his words. There was something there that backed up what he was saying. And the people heard that. You know, I remember the first time I heard the gospel. Man, it blew my mind. The first time I was around people who really believed. I'd been around religious folks my whole life. Come on now. They didn't impress me at all. You ever been around religious people? Do they impress you? <laughs> Self-righteous, hypocritical? I mean, no, 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 no. I got around the real thing. People who really had been touched by God, had been transformed by Him, who knew Him and had a relationship with Him. That's what uh, it touched my life. I said, they're, they're not like others. Amen. They're not like others. And that, when they heard Jesus, He wasn't like the rabbis they had listened to. Or the Pharisees. He, he wasn't trying to put a yoke of bondage on them by making them obey more rules and regulations. No, 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 no. He was, he was coming. He was offering something that they desperately had need of. He was offering forgiveness. He was healing. He was ministering to their needs. He was teaching them about God in reality. He wasn't there to tickle their ears. Amen. It wasn't all put on. It wasn't a show, ladies and gentlemen. He was there... He had a mission, and he, his mission was the good news of God, and he began to teach with authority. Secondly, we see his power demonstrated as he announced his mission. We'll look down at verse 23. And there were in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace. In other words, be muzzled. Come out of him. And they were all amazed, inasmuch as they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. Jesus began to deal with the root issue of the troubles in people's lives. He began to deal with something that was very real, that was holding men in bondage. And it's slavery to sin. And you know, my friend, when God begins to move in people's lives, supernatural things begin to happen. Things uh, go on that are uncovered by the Holy Spirit, by the presence of God. Here Jesus was in the synagogue and all of a sudden evil spirits began. And this was not the first time. This was the first time recorded, but it would happen again and again. And uh, I go back to the 1970s as a young Christian. I had only been saved for maybe a year. I'll never forget it. I was two rows back on this left side. My pastor was an old elderly man who would only live another year. I think he would go on and be with the Lord. Up in age. Pure white hair. Loveliest gentleman you would ever meet. My first 
pastor and man who taught me the Word of God. And I was just a young man. Sitting beside me was another man. We were at a church outside of Washington, D.C. That's where I'm from. Don't hold that against me. There were probably 300 people in that church. It was a large church, about 150 on each side. I used to sit up on that front row a lot because I wanted to hear everything the preacher had to say. I was hanging on every word. God had changed my life. And all of a sudden, this man started crying out sitting beside me. I looked over. I didn't know what to make of that. Next thing I knew, he stood straight up. I looked over. His eyes rolled. I couldn't see his eyes. I just saw the whites of his eyes. And he began saying just nonsensical things. Oh, Pastor Bill, he's a great man of God. What a great... And the old preacher, he just turned. I remember he turned, looked over. Come out of here! And the man fell on the floor. Four deacons came and carried him out. Service went on. Needless to say, that was quite a service. I mean, he just went on with his ministry, and I, I was just shook by what. I mean, his guy was standing right next to me. I saw everything that transpired, and I went out, and the man was in his right mind in the in the foyer, and the deacons and brothers were counseling and praying with him, and he continued to go to the church after that. See, some people think, "Oh, that what an embarrassing thing." No, God set that man free from a demon spirit. The power of God. And what was my pastor doing? Just what Jesus was doing, He commanded us to do. You see, we have too many things going on in churches today that aren't really related to the kingdom of God. They're more related to what man wants and man is looking for. Hello? We need to be in churches where people are getting free, when people are getting saved, where people are hearing the truth and the gospel. How can they, can, can they believe unless someone's telling them? Amen? And these things are very real. I've experienced it in my life. I can give you other instances, but I, I, I won't do that. What, what was being displayed here is that Jesus, if we back up in Mark, and I encourage you to read that chapter this week, we'll see, we see Him being baptized by John in the Jordan River. And as He's coming out of the water, the Holy Spirit descends on Him and empowers Him to go into ministry. Before that time, uh, Jesus did no miracles. Jesus did no deliverance. He did not do any preaching. He waited until he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was about 30 years of age. Can I get a witness? When he began his ministry. That's significant because a priest could not minister as a priest until he was in Israel 30 years of age. He could not serve in the priesthood. Jesus would be the prophet like unto Moses. That's the role that he fulfills in the New Testament. And he also would fulfill a role called the intercessory, the priestly role. Prophet, priest, and that is what he is doing right now. He is our high priest ascended in the heavens, and he ever lives to make intercession for us. He is our high priest. That ministry has been going on for 2,000 years since the cross. That three-year ministry, he was the prophet. And my friend, he's going to come back, and he's going to rule as king. Prophet, priest, and king. Those are three areas of ministry that Jesus will fulfill. He has yet to fulfill the role of king, but yet he will come. His kingdom will come on this earth and he will rule over humanity, the scripture says, as the king. I don't know about you, but I look forward to that time. You know, Pastor Jerry has said over 13, almost 13 years now, I've been teaching that it's not heaven that's our goal, it's the kingdom of God. 
The Bible doesn't teach us that we'll live in heaven. We will live with Christ and He will establish His kingdom that will have no end. So I say amen. But here He begins by setting captives free. There are three levels of spiritual warfare and spiritual captivity that men are in bondage to. And I'm going to go into a little bit of detail just so you'll know and understand. In Mark chapter 4 again, we didn't, we didn't read that, but after He came out of the water, immediately, immediately, He was taken into the wilderness to face Satan. The Bible says clearly, He took off Satan. Forty days and forty nights. He defeated Satan, Mark chapter 1. He defeated him on every score. And the Bible said the devil left him. Satan left him for a, for a time. Now we see him preaching in the synagogue and there are demons that he is taking authority over and removing those demons from people's lives. There are three elements. We deal with Satan, number one. He is the prince of power of the air. He is the original rebel, rebel who rebelled against God. The Scripture says he sealed up the sum. He's one of the three archangels mentioned in Scripture. You have Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer. And out of the three, he was the head. And the head fell. And when he fell, he took several of the angels with him. And Genesis 6 again tells us of 200 of them that came and sinned against humanity. And the book of Jude says they're reserved in chains in darkness right now. The rest of them are still out there. Many of them rule over the nations of the world under Satan's authority. Now, these are fallen angels. You have Satan, fallen angels that are against God and against the church and against His people, humanity. And then you have demons. Demons are the offspring of angels and human hybrids that were destroyed in the flood. They are on the earth in a spiritual dimension. Jesus took control. They're used by the enemy to help hold men in bondage to sin. Anyway, anytime you see gross sin and gross wickedness, I don't mean just lightly, I'm talking about gross sin, there are demon spirits involved, ladies and gentlemen. And Jesus took authority over them and He gives His church, His people authority over demons. He said, in my name, you will cast out demons in my name. He gave us and transferred His authority to us. But we see Him here acting with full authority over demons. Now let's read on in verse 29. And forthwith, again, that means immediately when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Those were His disciples at this time that He had called to follow Him. But Simon's wife's mother was lying sick of a fever. And Anon, that's again that same Greek word, euthus, means right away. See, Jesus was moving swiftly, quickly, and with decisiveness. And right away, He took her by the hand, lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered or served them. And at evening, when the sun did set, they brought unto Him all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with devils or demons. And He healed many that were sick of divers or different types of various diseases. He cast out many demons. And He did not allow the demons to speak because they knew Him. 
He didn't want to be heralded by demons that he was the Son of God, that he was the Messiah. You know, he, he, it would have to be men that would, that would herald who he was. The supernatural realm, my friend, they know who Jesus Christ is. Je you know, my friend, demons know Jesus and they tremble at his, at his voice and at his name. They know who he is. Hallelujah. And I, I hope that they know who you are. Come on now. That I'm a follower of Jesus. That I'm one who serves and walks with Him. And, and that He has given me authority to speak forth and to act in His name as well. And you know, the Bible tells us clearly that we're, all, we're to preach the gospel, but we're also to lay hands on the sick. Come on now. And they shall recover. We're to speak with new tongues. If we drink any deadly poison, it will not harm us. And in His name we'll cast out demons. That's the mission of the church, preaching the good news and setting captives free. That's your cue. Come on now. Sometimes it's not as dramatic. Come on. But I've still seen people in this church getting their lives together with God. I've seen people in this church getting their sins dealt with with the Lord. Amen. Getting right with God. You know, that's what it's all about. Doesn't have to be dramatic. It could be. It can be. I've seen the dramatic, but it can just be I'm going to get right with God. I'm going to begin to live for Him. I've seen men starting to serve Him and walk with Him when in, in time past they would not. Because God's power is still at work today, church. Still at work through His, His people. The Holy Spirit is still building that church. Amen? Even in this day and age we live in. And my message, the message of this preacher is the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, because Jesus is coming back. It won't be long. We're nearing that time. And we are, I believe, the final generation that will see the return of Jesus Christ to this earth. I really believe that. The signs are all around us. All we need to do is open our eyes and look around. We see Him preaching with authority. We see Christ's power displayed. And no man ever did what He did up until this point. Come on now. Hello. Hallelujah. Can you imagine? Would, would you love to have been around in Israel at that time? Would you love to have seen Jesus in person? I mean, one day we will. Amen. Because He's still alive. Amen. He's the first man that's been raised from the dead. He's still in a body. He's alive. He doesn't grow old. He's still... And one day we'll be like Him. So He preached. And he taught them. He, he acted. He... How would you like to be in one of his services where he's preaching? How'd you like to sat under his teaching? I, I, you know, I remember many times going, and I, I don't know about you, I go a long way to hear some good preaching. I, I, I've been to some, some some of the best. We traveled this summer way down about three hours down to hear hear a man preach. It wasn't worth it. It was amen. Amen. It's a gift of God. But you know, there was no preacher like Jesus. No one could preach like Him. Great What I like, preaching moves people. It, 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 it propels people to take action spiritually. It's a great, it's a great tool given to man, a gift given to man by God. But, but even greater, I believe, is teaching. Because it imparts a wisdom and knowledge to men how to apply God's Word to their life and to live it out. We, we need it all. We need preaching. We need teaching. Jesus was the consummate teacher. No one could teach better than Jesus. No one could do anything better than Jesus. He's the standard by 
by which we are to look up to, the standard. And He moved with a power and authority unlike any other to this very hour. Amen. And thirdly and lastly, His mission. We see His mission listed in Mark chapter 1, verse 35. And this is something that really caught my attention this week. You know, we talk about New Year's resolutions and things that we want to do to make ourselves better, to improve our lives. And how many know we all need resolution, but we need to resolve to do what we say we're going to do. Amen? I, I don't know how many times I resolve I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to get down, but then I don't. Come on. After a while, I stopped resolving. I didn't say nothing. You know, I just, well, either I do it or I don't. Amen? I mean, what that, that freight talk is. That's it. Come on. If you're going to walk the walk, you better, or talk the talk, you better walk the walk. Amen? But his mission. In the morning, he rose up a great while before day, and he went out. That's, a, that's one right there that's, that's difficult for a lot of people. He rose up a great while before day. Some of us just getting to sleep by that time. Come on. And he's rising up. But here's the important thing. He went out. He departed into a solitary place. And there he prayed. And he prayed. You know I need to pray more this year. I don't know what you need in your life, but I know I need to pray more than I've ever prayed before. I have sensed in my spirit and in my mind. You know how I sense something often? is what's bugging my mind? What's harassing my mind? It's generally the enemy uh, you know, doing battle against your mind to get you unsettled and to draw you away from that closeness with God. And the only way to really remedy that is to go to the Lord in prayer. It's to press forward, to press in. And what he what that one verse said, if you don't get anything else from this message today, I want you to get this. He withdrew. He got up early, but he withdrew to a solitary place. We need to find places, church, in our lives where we can get along with God. Something we should do every day, but we need to, to purpose in our hearts to do this. And we begin to spend time in prayer. Prayer is not just, Lord, give me this. Lord, do this for me. Lord, help me. Lord, me, me, me. It's about saying, God, speak to my life. Speak to me. Lord, these are my needs. I don't belittle that. I, I, I give God requests every day. But I want to listen for His voice to respond to Him. I want to hear Him. I want to know what He's saying to me. And the only way to do that is to put out the sounds of everyday life. To, to get away, even from your spouse. Get away from everything. Solitary means alone. And say, Lord, help me. You know, I began to seek the Lord... I began really last night. I mean, I was talking to the Lord. I said, Lord, we need, we need purpose. We need vision. Lord, a renewed. We need to know what direction. And, and you know, the only way to do that, church, is to get in God's presence. It, it doesn't come any other way. 
And certainly the more we spend in His presence, the more enlightened we are. And not only do I find that it's like a battery. I use that as an illustration. If you take a battery and you just use it, 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 it releases its charge into whatever you're using it for. And then it gets weaker. What do you do with the battery? You, you have options today. You can throw it away and put a new one in. But that's not the illustration. The illustration is you, you put it in a charger. And you bring the charge back up to its full strength so that it can continue to be used. Jesus, just like us, was He was fully God, but yet He was fully human. He, he His batteries, His energy, His strength, His spirituality, it would run low. And not only going to God for direction and for supplication and prayer, but He would go and recharge Himself in the presence of the Lord. In church, we need to do that. I resolved this year to do that uh, as your pastor, but I, I, I resolved to do that as a Christian man. I want to spend more time before the Lord this year in prayer and in His presence and, and to be recharged and re-energized. Somebody, somebody help me now. Come on. I hope that you want that as well. It goes on and says, and we'll finish off verse 35, and He prayed there in verse 36, and Simon and they that were with Him followed after Him. I mean, how many know that's a good idea to follow after Jesus? If He's a man of prayer when He lived on the earth, then we need to be men of prayer. Well, you ladies say amen. Come on. How many want praying husbands, praying men in your lives? Men who just don't act and do things rashly, but they seek God's direction. They seek God's best. They want to do what pleases Him. Amen? That will give you a better marriage. It will give you a better home. Hallelujah. Come on now. And since they followed after Him. When they found Jesus, they said to Him, All men, seek for Thee. And He said unto them, verse 38, Let us go into the next town, that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. In other words, this is why I've come. So he was recharging himself to continue on in his ministry, which we know would last three years. He continued on. He had to get with the Lord. And that's the strength of every believer is to empower themselves in God's presence. And Christ's mission was announced here in Mark it's the same mission that He gave to His followers, to the church, to you and I. We need to be following in His footsteps to continue on His work. He was doing the Father's will and He was sent to preach. Pastor Jerry is called to preach and I'm here to do the Father's will as well. God has a calling upon your life. You need to pursue that as well. And we have good guiding principles here in the Word of God that help us to do just that if we'll follow them. You know, as we analyze Christ's mission, and that's what we're doing today, we see really that it consists of four ingredients. Teaching, preaching, prayer, and deliverance. That's really what church is all about. Can I get a witness? Come on now. Teaching, preaching, prayer, and deliverance. That's what it is. If it's anything other than that, it's off track. I'm preaching way better than you. Amen. Come on. You know, I don't I don't come here to entertain you, do a song and dance, get a cane in my hand, play the piano and sing and no 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 no. Teaching, preaching, prayer and deliverance. Amen. 
it would be helpful to the church. And of course, the focus obviously was, uh, you know, spreading the gospel of the kingdom. That's what we're here for. But you know, it'll be helpful as we begin a new year to evaluate ourselves and see how effectively we're carrying out our mission. And I will give you some questions here, six of them to be precise, that you need to ask yourself and I need to ask myself. And these are things that will help us to do what our mission is. Number one, do we have a clear-cut understanding of our mission and our purpose in life? Scripture tells us without a vision, the people perish. Do you have a clear-cut understanding of what your mission in life is and what your purpose is in it. Now if you don't, it's a good time to begin to seek the Lord and to begin to ask Him because He will He will show you. Number two, are you committed to carrying out your God-given mission with dedication and determination? It's not always easy. Things don't always go the way we want them to. Things are difficult at times, but we have to be committed and determined. That's a good word, a good combination of words that we don't hear a lot of today. Commitment and dedication. Number three, what are you doing now to prepare more fully for your mission? If you can't say amen, say oh me. Help us now. Come on. We need to do things. Take action. Jesus, we can see here, was a man of action. And He moved swiftly and decisively. Number four, what opportunities do you have to preach and teach the gospel of the kingdom? You have opportunities here in the church. We're getting young men ready and older men ready and some women ready to minister to children. Come on, somebody say amen. To help to minister the Word of God to them. That's a part of what Jesus did as well. He said, suffer little children to come up. In other words, allow them to come to me for such is the kingdom of heaven. We have ministry opportunities on every hand. Are we bringing deliverance to those in bondage to sin, sickness, and Satan? That's what the church is here for. That's what we individually are here to do. Number five, how much time do you spend in prayer seeking God's direction and anointing on your mission for Him? That's a big one there. Amen. Pastor Jerry needs to spend more time. I need to spend more time in the presence of the Lord. I need more and greater anointing to do what He's called me to do. Someone would say, Pastor, why don't we see a lot of these signs like we have you talked about in the past? Why do we not see a lot of these people being... Because the anointing upon God's people has grown weaker. Because maybe it's God's people who have not spent the time in prayer to have that same anointing. Look, let me say this. God is like that couple, that newly married couple, driving down the road in the pickup truck. God is like here and the church here. God and His people. His bride. My wife and I got married 30, almost 35 years ago. We were driving down the road. I would be right beside me. Right there. After you married a couple of years, a little bit more of a gap. Hello? Come on, man. If you can't say amen, say old man. 
Had been married six years. It's like a, uh, she's on the other end of the car. You're on this end. Two or three kids running around in the back, hitting each other with a seatbelt. <laughs> And the wife, you fellas appreciate it. i got one man in here right now, so I'm going to appreciate it. You can be right at a wife, look over at you. Honey, how come you don't sit beside me like you used to? Honey, remember you used to put your arm around me all the time? Yeah? Honey, why don't you snuggle up to me like a why don't you? Say, yeah, but I haven't moved. <laughs> Who moved? I'm still behind the wheel. I haven't moved. Jesus goes, remember when you used to go to church all the time with excitement? Come on now. Remember when you used to pray and didn't have to be asked? Remember when you just read the Word with hunger and wanted to know more about me? Remember when you was hungry? You were just in love with me. Jesus would look over and say, Look, I haven't moved. Who's the one that moved? My Bible says God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. I want to make it a point to draw closer to Him this year, church. As we see that day, that day of His return approaching, I want to draw closer because I want to know Him more. I want to be in His presence. I love Him. I want to, to spend time with Him. We spend time with that which we love. I'll be quiet in this Pentecostal holiness church. Come on. And number six and final, what changes do we need to make in our life to be more effective in our mission for the Lord. Not just spending time with Him, but what changes do we need to make? Maybe we need to rearrange our priorities and seek Him more. I know I want to seek Him more. I want to know Him more. I want to be more in His... I want to be more like Him and less like me. I need to be more like Him. My wife will say amen. She knows that. I need to be more like Him. I don't know about you. Let's stand this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We need to be made into a sanctuary, amen, so that God can dwell within our spirits. A holy sanctuary, hallelujah. Father, we give You praise. We worship You. Take a moment of time, church, if you would, this morning. Lift your hands toward heaven. Say, Lord, I thank You for touching my life. I thank You for saving me, Lord. I thank You for moving in me and revealing Yourself to me. Lord, I, as I go into this coming year, the coming days ahead, here in this new 2016, I want to know You more. If that's Your prayer, if that's Your heart, take a moment of time, church, say that to the Lord. Say, I want to know You more, Lord. I want to draw closer to You this year. I want to know You better than ever. I want to serve you. I want to accomplish the mission you've called me to accomplish. Maybe you need fresh vision, fresh direction in your life. Take a moment of time. Say, Lord, I, I want direction. I need direction. I need to know what your will is for my life. What is my purpose? 
Some of you need purpose in your life. Say, Lord, I need purpose. I don't want to wander through life aimlessly. I want to know what you want out of me. I want to know what you require. Move in me today, Lord. Father, I pray for each one that is here that you would move in the lives of each of your people. Lord, you would kindle in us a fire, a desire to know you more, to walk with you, to, to be caught up in your purpose. Lord, help each of us to be kingdom of God minded and not earthly minded. Help us to lay aside, Father, every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. Lord, to run the race set before us. Lord, to run as those looking to win the crown. Lord, help us, Father, I pray. Strengthen your people, your church. Lord, spiritually infuse us with fresh oil from heaven today, Lord. We need your presence in the name of Jesus. We need your presence. Let's sing that song as we close the church. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.